Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. And alongside me on the internet, we have Lucy James over at GameSpot. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, yes. This is honestly, this is really, really cool. And you've been surprisingly like a nice little matchup of people that we've been trying to get up for the show. So thank you for doing this. This is really, really cool. Of course. Awesome. Um, I'm going to finish up this uh, intro really quick, and then we'll go ahead and start getting into some questions. Uh, We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down and discuss the ultimate question, why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife, and that's night with a K. By pledging on Patreon, you will have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, back to our guest. Awesome. So I do have a nice little list of questions for you. And okay. just for all my folks who listen to this podcast, we're going to do things a little different here. Ooh. Just a little bit. Because serial killers are still terrifying. <laughs> but we are going to talk a lot deeper into, I guess, the psyche of serial killers today and, and true crime in general. Hell yeah. Oh, man, this is exciting. <laughs> I don't get to talk this stuff too often, mm. so it's uh, it's fun to flex this muscle a little bit, yeah, for sure. because they're, they're the inspiration for so many horror, like, villains. It's, yeah, yeah. surprising that you don't get to talk about them more. Yeah, seriously. And it's, it's funny because most of the horror films that I'm, like, a huge fan of that I gravitate to are ones that seem to be, like, I guess, more around the, the realm of serial killers or true crime or anything like that not necessarily slashers per se but um like for example the texas chainsaw massacre it's sure. based off of ed gein, ed gein. Like, oh my god <laughs> like it's 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 so many just fun well fun's probably not the proper <laughs> word but it's just so many different types of interesting horror that you can actually get from serial killers and it's it's fascinating so thank you so much for t- uh, being able to talk I guess the weird fascinations that we have of serial killers. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's again, nice is the wrong word to use, but it's it's a subject <laughs> that I find so interesting. I've been reading about it and watching stuff about it for years, and so right. I love talking about it. I mean, for my <laughs> for my birthday, my colleague Tamor got me uh, an encyclopedia of serial killers. Oh my gosh! Because uh, he's Did just you a, ever collect the cards. I do have them, Kurt, my other colleague, got me some. Um, so I have some of those at my desk. Oh, man. Yeah. That's amazing. But it's weird. Like, you can't show those off because people think you're going to be really strange. And you don't. And also, That's you true. don't want to fall down the, um, you know, I listen to a lot of last podcasts on the left, and I'm in their Facebook group. And there, oh, are, there, there are people who have, um, like, Ted Bundy. Oh, God, there was one girl who posted a picture of a tattoo that she had of the bite mark that Ted Bundy was um, oh, God, no left way. on a victim. And I was like, that's that's the level of true crime, quote-unquote, yeah, fandom that you don't want to be a part of. You don't ever want to yeah, be glorifying what they did. You can find it interesting because right. it's morbid as hell. Yeah, it's absolutely bonkers mm. but it's i guess what makes it even more bonkers is the fact that like we're we're into it but yeah. it's super it's it's messed up like we're, we're not glorifying any of these ki- mm. these killers and um these terrible uh deranged people and i'm glad that 
it's really hard to be a serial killer now. <laughs> but, well, maybe it's easier. Oh, Do you ever think about Lucy, that? Lucy, don't scare me. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. It's You read about people... Did you ever read about the Grim Sleeper? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, think about how many deaths he got away with because he specifically Seriously. targeted a group of people who... Yeah. Like, weren't being taken care of by law enforcement and were being ignored. And it's, right. you know, God, you wonder how many awful horror stories like that there are. And especially Seriously. in the midst of, you know, current affairs where the world is on its head a little bit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty wild, especially what's going on nowadays. Like, it's one of those things, I guess, that makes you kind of be taken back by it a little bit mm. and you're just you, you just kind of sit there and wonder like huh i wonder how safe i am currently right like it like the world is scary yeah and it it's only kind of getting scarier like with viruses mm-hmm. and people and crazy events that's happening with like mass shootings and things like that because mass shootings are initially those are the new serial killers mm-hmm. and it's or the ones that are actually published but it's scary mm. and um i'm glad you brought up like uh the grim sleeper because he he was first and foremost he was terrifying yeah but he mainly targeted black women right mm-hmm. and um who were sex workers as well right yeah, so it's like exactly. the double whammy of being ignored by law enforcement in a poor Absolutely area horrible. of los angeles and on to top it all he he had the gacy vibe of being a community yeah. member a community leader right. and you would never think it would be this guy and then bam right. it all he was comes the wolf out in sheep's clothing right and it's oh it's creepy because you you even think like okay like how like can i trust this person sitting next to me right now like it's it's pretty weird but like even when you listen to stories like um that are told by um gosh i don't know why i'm blanking out on their name but uh, uh georgia hardstark and oh karen kilgraff karen kilgraff yes um for the the women over at uh uh, my favorite murder Mm. um like hearing them talk about that stuff is absolutely fascinating um or when they bring paul holes on or anything like that from sacramento and it's all that stuff is just super duper fascinating and um yeah like oh geez uh but i do have a, a a few questions for you here okay um one of the first questions that I do have mm-hmm. is uh, not my watch telling me to work out, <laughs> um, <laughs> but what first sparked your interest in uh, serial killers? Mm. I think it's because so my parents were both lawyers, where so my dad oh. yeah so my dad was a corporate lawyer, and then he retired. And, but my mum was a she worked representing. Um, well, she kind of did everything for a while mm-hmm. uh, and then she eventually specialized in child care and elder care in um, abuse oh, cases awesome. um, so a very worthwhile job but a very stressful and depressing one absolutely um, oh my gosh and so my mom had this interest because of work um, in crimes and and you know the, the, the criminal mind so to speak and so we would always watch things like god I don't think you have it here in America but we would watch you know detect morse uh midsummer murders these are all the quintessential mm. british crime shows um <laughs> like the bill was a bit softer as a show by police officers and then as i got mm. older that kind of graduated into programs like csi i remember csi being 
the show that I, me and my friends became obsessed with because it was also, when it came out, we were about 11, 12, and they would be talking about, like, murder and sex and stuff and we thought it was so salacious and we watch every episode you're like whoa yeah like oh my god the adult <laughs> world is so crazy and um <laughs> so we would watch that and then obviously all the spin-offs and then i went i went into a big law and order phase um and then that's when reading about cases in those shows that were actually inspired by real people and then i started doing my own research mm-hmm. and then my mum had some books and I would read those and then I always had a passing interest in it but honestly I would say it wasn't until last podcast on the left came out so that was like what six years ago now maybe more yeah maybe a little bit more yeah 2014 2013 god they've been over so long now those dudes are so good they're so good (laughs) um it wasn't until that that you know you started to kind of do the in-depth research and discover Things like Murderpedia, which is a real rabbit hole if you want to go down Murderpedia, (laughs) because it has all the things um, that have been released into the public. So arrest warrants and pictures. And if you really want to get dark, the pictures are there, I guess. But yeah. And then just becoming loving documentaries like Making a Murderer and um, I mean, less so a documentary, but, you know, David Fincher's Zodiac is such a great movie. Um, and a really good retelling of the Zodiac case. And so, yeah, it's yeah. just... And also getting older and finding people who are also interested in that stuff. Is That's good. true. Yeah. I have yeah. a I have it, a, it, it, a lot of a, a WhatsApp group where we just share kind of ongoing weird cases. Yeah, sure. That will definitely be a Netflix documentary someday. Like that woman <laughs> who's... Uh, what was it? She was island hopping in Hawaii and... Oh, my God. And the kids yes. are missing. And, yeah. Yes. That, that, that is such a crazy story. Well, have you seen the update? Uh, she said they were. No, I haven't actually. She said they've they been. Did they ever find the kids? They haven't found the kids, but she's in court now, and she's saying things like, "Oh, they were zombies. They they're not the children anymore." So I feel like she's fully killed them. Oh shit! I don't think those kids shit. are ever. Yeah, it's terrifying. Oh, That's horrible. Jesus, it's it's interesting that you brought up. Um, David Fincher's uh, Zodiac. Mm. Um, and speaking of David Fincher, he actually, he like surprised a class of kids. I saw. I was like, oh my God, that's, that's super incredible. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, to be in school again. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> he just but, zoom, he zoom called in, which is really cool. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Like, dude, you're so fucking cool. Like, it's beyond me. But I, oddly enough, have a connection with two specific um pretty large murder cases what (laughs) yes not me completely Mm -hmm. personally but um when my grandmother she used to be a teller Mm -hmm. in uh, wells fargo Mm -hmm. and she was a teller for about 35 to 40 years and one of her colleagues actually was killed by zodiac Oh my god. Yeah. Uh do you remember the the strangulation in Golden Gate Park? Yes. Of the couple? Oh my god. That was them. Mhm. That's awful. Yeah. Absolutely bonkers. <clears throat> and um another one that I have is actually with Jim Jones. Oh. My Jones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mom was a part of uh the People's Temple. What? <laughs> yeah. What happened? She missed her flight. <gasps> Yeah. And so she didn't 
She, she didn't drink the flavor aid. Wow. Nope. She didn't drink the flavor aid. <sighs> she missed her flight. Um, and my mom didn't have that much money. Sure. So she wasn't able to purchase another one, but she was trying. She was definitely trying. And yeah, she just, and I want to say like once it was that year that they were there, mm-hmm. that's when everything all the shit happened. Went down. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, well, guess I can't go now. Like, <laughs> lucked out there. <laughs> But wow. yeah, my mom was a part of the People's Temple. I uncovered Fucking nuts. that's incredible. <laughs> I I found out a couple of years ago. So my mum's um, my mum knows is like best friends with the wife of um, a pretty famous judge in the UK. He's the one who did the Levison Inquiry, um, which is oh, the wow. kind of inquest into media hacking. Yeah, but he's also prosecuted a lot of high-profile cases, one of oh which God. being Fred and Rose West. Shut the front door! Yeah, holy shit! And I was reading about Fred and Rose West a couple of years ago. There was actually an incredible podcast that came out about them last year, um, done by the guy who did the original. Uh, he was the guy who broke the media story about yeah. it. Um, Howard Sooms. Uh, he did podcasts and he has all the official old recordings of interviews that he was doing with like Fred and Rose West's uh, children oh, and stuff at some point. Yeah, I'm, I have chills right it's now. It's really good. Anyway, so I was, I was reading about Fred and Rose because they, God, they're such an an anomaly. Like two people with as, who are as twisted as them, let alone existing, but existing within the same space and finding each other is incredible. Like not in a good yeah. way, but it's, you know, think of the oh, odds. Yeah. I was reading about them Jesus. and it was like, prosecutor Brian Levison I was like what I texted and I texted my mom and I was like is this the same Brian is this Brian and she was like oh yeah and just and she was like so nonchalant yeah just really nonchalant about it and I was like are you kidding me how have you kept this from me because I like I haven't seen him in years I would have asked him so many questions about the case but yeah of course yeah no I I want to like find him and ask him questions yeah. myself. Oh my god, that's yeah. that is insane! Wow, uh, it it reminds me a lot of the story of um, I don't know their actual names, but I know their moniker. But the Hounds of Love in Australia. Have you heard of them? Ah, uh, which ones are they? So they're the ones who would pick up hitchhikers, and um, initially they would mm. unfortunately rape them yeah. and then kill them. Uh, there's a movie on Netflix, or no, not Netflix, uh, Hulu. Mm. with the same name if you're interested mm-hmm. um because one the reason why uh they got caught is because the wife got jealous <gasps> of one of the women that they told oh that my they god and um she got jealous of her because she thought the husband was more attracted to her than the wife and oh she god. the luckily the girl was smart enough to use that as leverage mm-hmm. she was just like yeah no he says all these things to me and also other stuff and i don't think he loves you anymore and all this and yeah wow bananas yeah <laughs> bananas but yeah hounds of love they are whew, um australian yeah. um it, it, it's it's a rough one yeah kind of like uh the the Wolf Creek guy too. Gotcha. Um, um, I'm blanking out on his name too, but he's he was also really fucking intense. Mm. But God, I mean, I guess all of these are intense. But yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's super duper super fascinating mm-hmm. more than anything. Like I just wonder what goes on in your head. Like what is it that makes you a, a tad bit off to the point where you start from 
torturing animals or dolls mm-hmm. even if you want to go that far back then kind of upping it and going straight to like people did you ever God. read um my friend dharma Dahmer. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've read the, the graphic novel and I've watched the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, same, because uh, that's a, a really good sort of exploration of it by someone who was close, close to Dahmer at the time. And you can like you can yeah. you can see the points at which the system failed him and that his parents failed him and that the school mm-hmm. failed him. But then at the same time, and, and actually the writer says very explicitly, he's like, this is the point where I stopped feeling sorry for Jeff. This is the point yeah. where he took his own action and you know took someone else's life and i think that's a very right. fair way to put it is like you can be you can feel sorry for people for the upbringing that they've had but ultimately deciding to take someone's life is their decision like they are the ones who do that exactly. um right and yeah it's, it's self-defense yeah it's you know yeah. there is premeditation there in a lot of cases and you know Absolutely. there's a point at which it stops becoming a fantasy and it's something that you've done and it's god there's i mean last podcast talk about you know the the serial killer soup right which is you know head injury yeah bad wedding uh dysfunctional family situation but mm. i don't think you can ever really pick out who's gonna turn out that way you know no you just it's yeah, it's a no. it's an unfortunate sort of mix of circumstance and nature i guess like right it's so weird I mean, it's ultimately it, it, fascinating. Like, I, I think that's why I studied psychology, honestly, is because learning about behavior and why people do the things that they do is some mm-hmm. because we're all governed by an organ that you can't see. Yeah. It's oh wow, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's it's. Do you ever watch or listen to the podcast um, Serial Killers? Mm-mm. It's like literally, it's such a such a blatant and blunt name, but um, it's by a network called Parcast. P A R C A S T. They they have like a bunch where it's yeah, like they have a bunch because I used to listen like, to the the female serial killer one. Yes, I've listened yeah, to that one. They, yeah, um, and this one is I, I want to say it's like one of their most like ran one. Like it, it's mm-hmm. the longest one that's uh, there. But they talk about. Um, the Iceman, who was actually... Oh, Kuklinski? The... Yeah, yeah, Kuklinski. Yes. Uh, and he, God, man, he was so intense in the things he would tell his daughter, mm-hmm. where he's just like, you're my favorite, and I will never kill you. Good. Great, Thanks, Dad. Dad. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> thanks for sharing. Um, and it, it, just, like, hearing his interviews were so intense. Bone-chilling, yeah. Like, I don't know if you've heard or seen the one where he is, he threatens the reporter. Mm-hmm. Oh, And God. oh, my God. And the way he does it is so just, like, nonchalant mm-hmm. and so cool and calm. And he's just like, like, don't cross me. And I'm just like, I'll kill you. fuck, man, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting scared watching this yeah. for you. <laughs> it's, like, it's, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's so interesting and so fascinating yeah the ones um, that have the pretense of a normal life yeah like i mean gacy like, i mean we just did an episode of oh, um yeah, a show at work we we do a show called true fiction which is like exploring the real life influences yep, on i listen to it <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> huge fan <laughs> um and we did one last season we did one about um 
the real life murder that inspired Twin Peaks. And then yeah. uh, last week we did um, the real life murderer who inspired American Horror Stories, Twisty the Clown from Freak Show. And it's, it's obviously yeah. John Wayne Gacy. And right. just the way that he was so normal allegedly from the outset you know like he had a family yeah. he had kids he had his own business he was running Absolutely. kfc's he was yeah. a democrat he was in the jc's which is like i don't think we have that in the uk but some kind of community yeah kind of thing it, it's like a it's it's like the lions club and stuff like that sure yeah. and it's yeah. oh it's so weird to think about how and also you leverage that power right you leverage the power of being a community leader over the yeah. over the people that also you're hiring them so you have that extra piece of power and Seriously. for him i'm and for him i'm sure that it was all about power because he was always emasculated as a child by his and just wanted his parents love and attention and never got it oh 100 yeah 100 and uh sufjan stevens has a, a song of the he same does name. And it's so good. Yeah. And um, my wife was shocked that that was a real story. Yeah. It's so. And, and it's one of her favorite songs, and now she can't listen to it anymore. Oh, okay, she's like, I oh, ruined no. it for her. I was just like, and because I remember she first played it for me, and I was just like, is he talking about John Wayne Gacy? Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, that's the name of the song. And I was like, that's a real person. Yeah, that was a, a real guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real dude in Chicago. Like, he's. Um, fucking nuts <laughs> like, what was his his oh final words were i think uh kiss my ass or something when yeah. before they killed him oh my god but no it, what it's a fucking wild dude but we, i mean look at how you know like killer clowns as a trope went really a thing until gacy yeah. right so it's kind of interesting to see how much they can affect the public psyche and you mentioned ed gein earlier obviously uh leatherface yeah. is ed gein right but also um elements of psycho right because he's so obsessed oh, 100%. obsessed with his mother augusta absolutely Ugh. yeah but i mean God, i think ed man. gein was a different case i think he was he he was beyond bonkers i think he had a very very low iq and was probably yeah. a result of some kind of in like incest i'm sure yeah, yeah but i'm like, sure and he he even the way he chose his victims like like they, they looked even like the cops mother. were just like it was it yeah like it was very sloppy and it was mm. like like the mo was something they can catch on a little bit faster and luckily they did and um unfortunately i mean he did it was two women right i think i was believe his it was main, like, two but he desecrated the graves of many more yeah um yeah and he Gosh. what wears wears women's suit women's suit outside mm -hmm. and dance in the moonlight and yeah oh my god oh my god it's super intense the way that they even portray them in sorry to bring it back to horror films but mm. portray them in horror films right where um you got uh in silence of the lambs where buffalo bill like yes oh my gosh like very, like it was so many different pieces of the trope mm -hmm. attached to him where you had Dahmer, you had um uh gosh what's his name Gein? The one who's no, the one who's super charismatic. Oh, Bundy. Bundy, thank you. Um, and so you had Bundy, and 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 you just had all of them kind of just yeah. mashed up together to make Buffalo Bill. Yeah, and it was so intense. And seeing the scene where he attacks that woman just 
by him asking her a simple question. Hey, can you help me move this couch? Yeah. And then he just attacks her and just like, what? But that was oh what Bundy gosh. did, right? He would pretend to be, yeah. he would pretend that he had a broken arm or a broken leg and he was struggling with something and then he'd shove him in a car and drive off yeah. with him. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> even uh, Black Christmas, uh, uh, which is a film in 1973, mm. uh, which inspired Halloween as well. But um, Black Christmas was inspired by a specific murder by Bundy, where he oh, went inside of a sorority the house. Sorority and, house, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's where the idea of Black Christmas came from. Where it's just like, huh? How can we make this seem a little bit more ominous? Oh, it's Christmas. Oh. People should be home with their families, but they can't make it home. Yep. Great. This is a perfect setting. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, oh, man, it's like things like that Mm -hmm. that you just really hearken on when it comes to seeing those films that are inspired by all of that, like even with uh, The Strangers. Um, Oh, yeah. God, I haven't thought about that film for years. Yeah. It's good. it, It is good. And just that that ominous question that Mm. they ask uh, why are you doing this to us? Because you were home. There's yeah. literally no other reason. You were just here. Oof. Like, oh, that's so. And that's initially every serial killer. Yeah. Where it's just like, why are you doing this to us? You were just walking down the street. Yeah. You. That's why. Because wasn't like, it Son of Sam was targeting, mm-hmm. you know, women with a specific haircut, and so for yep. a while in the in New York in the 70s, women would dye their hair or do their hair a different way because you wouldn't want to yeah. be caught by Son of Sam. Oh God. Oh, gosh, it was so, so insane. Mm. And even Son of Sam was an interesting one because he gave his own moniker. Where oh, that he, was, that was, he wanted the yeah. fame, though. He, what yeah, was it? He, he, said, he said that it was his neighbor's dog talking to him, and then they found out. Yeah, that it was, that his... it was the god of his neighbor's dog or something. It was some god that like was speaking in his neighbor's dog <sighs> or whatever. Um, and it, Mindhunter does a great depiction of that yeah. interview, right? Where it's just like, oh, you've seen The Exorcist and you liked it. Like, <laughs> like it's, uh, oh, God. Mindhunter, how destroyed were you when that was canceled? Uh, you can see a live video of me finding out that it was canceled. We were recording. Oh, I've seen it multiple yeah, times. We- <laughs> I've gifted. I've sent it to people. I was like, this is my reaction. <laughs> I was devastated because it's one of, it's, I think it's Netflix's best show. Obviously, because it's got, it's got Fincher involved, but it's just really well written. It's really well acted and directed. And the way that they, you know, kind of do that utmost to research the people that they are talking about. And it's like, yeah, we were talking about it, Greg Thomas and I uh, from work about when we were doing the season two review. It's like you can see the way that the show would be mapped out. Yes. Because it's what it goes from the 60s through to the 70s you can touch on people mm-hmm. like Bundy you know you've done BTK you've done you could do Bundy you can mm-hmm. do go into the 90s you could go into Columbine and how crime is changing to be exactly. these people who are more obsessed with the media and you can you can chart yeah. the course there um yeah you can easily see like there was a like at least a five season plan yeah because then you would have to come back to BTK. BTK yeah you'd have to come back yeah. to him you didn't get caught until the 2000? Like 2000s? Yeah. Yeah, like 2005, I think, or something like that. So he would be that white whale that they uh, would always be chasing. And then, yeah, you could talk about Eileen Wernos. You could talk about... Oh, my God. Definitely Columbine. um, And how, you know, how Columbine impacted things like Marilyn Manson, of all people. And, you know, it would... And I mean, I was talking about it. I was like, 
God, imagine if they discussed incels like Elliot Rogers and <gasps> yeah, like you could chart that show all the way up to the present day. Uh, and then Netflix were like, no, we're going to cancel it because it's probably really expensive to make. Probably. So. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I was I'm distraught. I was distraught. And I was just like, <laughs> my friend, uh, when I showed him, he was like, he was like, why, why is she reacting like that? And I was like, Mindhunter was <laughs> fucking canceled. <laughs> and he was just like, this isn't her reaction to that. I was like, yeah. I swear to God, yeah. <laughs> this is her reaction to this. Because they were talking about like Persona or something back and I was like, guys, guys, uh, no, no, no. Bigger things are happening. <laughs> Persona is great. I'm literally wearing a Persona hoodie right now, but other things yeah, are happening. Yeah, yeah, right no worries. Persona's fantastic. But Mindhunter, like, oh my gosh. Ah. Oh. No, you are you and me both were just on the same exact page when that happened, and I think it was like right before I was going to record because I have another podcast called uh, the Good Night Podcast, um, where initially we just talk about TV and film all together, mm-hmm. and uh, right before we were about to get started on recording, um, we saw your video, and I was just like, because I, I obviously I'm a fan, but um, when I was watching the video, I was just like. I was like, why, why, why is Lucy reacting that way? Like, what happened? And then you said it, and I was like, shut the fuck up! I need to look this up. I looked it up. I think at the time it was just casting room. Oh no, it wasn't even the casting room. It was the they've all been released from their contracts. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's not. Oh no, it's it's over. Yeah. The dreams. The dreams over. The dreams over. (laughs) We're never gonna get this again. Oh. Um. So going going on that and feeding off the mind hunter a little bit, like who would you say would be like the most fascinating story of a serial killer to you? Hmm. The most fascinating. Mind hunter brings up a lot of really cool stuff, right? Like we 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 get um, Edmund um, Temper, we get uh, who was absolutely bonkers, mm. and to this day, like the fact that his audiobooks are available on amazon that's yeah boggles my mind but you 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 just get these 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 vignettes of these very interesting characters or not even characters but these these interesting um killers Mm -hmm. that have such a very strange and odd look on the perspective of the world Mm. and i don't know like so who who would you say would be the, the the most fascinating for you the most fascinating to me Joseph Mengele. Oh, which is oh man, why, you don't, why, why Joseph? You don't really class him as a serial killer, but if you think about the experiments, he first of all, for someone to be able to conduct those experiments um, in places like Auschwitz, where like it's like it sounds awful to say this. I don't know how to say this without coming off as really weird, but like, sure, it's the Holocaust is. God, it's one of the most awful things to ever happen on this planet. 100%. But it's it's one of those things that's so awful that it's inherently very compelling to read about because it's not something that we experience, like we would right. experience. And right. yet it happened, and it happened, relatively speaking, incredibly recently. And yeah. it's so... Not even 100 years ago. Not yet, even guys. 100 years <laughs> ago. And, you know, I, I went to auschwitz Birkenau when I was younger as part of a school trip and you know just being there and walking around and learning about people like Mengele and what they would do to people who 
like you can't even put yourself in those in the shoes of the people who were taken there like rounded up from your house put on a packed train people would die on the train you don't know where you're going and then you end up there and it's you know one man is the difference between life and death and right your life is essentially like you're a slave and you are starved and beaten and forced to work and there's no end in sight it's like a constant torment and punishment the other side is like the gas chambers or if you are quote unquote lucky you were taken by mengler like if you were a twin or if you were a little person or had some kind of you know like you were different in some way that he would he was interested in like god it's yeah sick and it's absolutely but like reading about him and you just like that's the kind of sociopathic person that's just so fascinating because it's so like the, the behavior is so aberrant. It's so foreign to what we know as normal. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, like and and then at the end, all the stuff with like he probably went to um, South America, right? Like a bunch of the Nazis yeah. went there, like Argentina. Yeah, and he was probably there, and he probably had zero. Like he killed thousands and thousands of people, and he had no. Yeah. No remorse. No remorse and no punishment. It's, and so he is like, you can't delve into that stuff too deeply because it's so upsetting. But like, absolutely. When you think of serial killers, you think of the like the people like Bundys. You think of the Kempers. You think of the Ed Geens because they were just like strange little people who acted and affected hundreds of people. Like you know, they caused their their own little panics within certain communities and you know people obviously killed by them but then you get someone who operated on the scale of Mengele and it's like jesus christ like he wasn't yeah. wasn't even hiding it either like he was encouraged to do that and so you think of like the societal the way that society changed in order to not only yeah. allow that but promote that behavior yeah got a little yeah, bit no, a little bit in depth there but like yeah when you think no about, no that's that's absolutely true Mm. like you you would never classify that um but they are they are serial killers and and even for me like growing up um obviously with like the dark aspects of black history and things Mm. like that especially in america um like i never am until you said that i never classified the people who would go on lynchings and things like that like as serial killers but they were. were Yeah. And and it it was it's just not seen in the light as how we usually see like Albert Fish or Ed Kemper and and so on and so forth and it, it's wild mm. absolutely bananas and that reminds me of a movie um, that I also think is on Hulu as well called Childhood of a Leader have you heard of this no it's absolutely fascinating mm. but initially it's inspired by Hitler right and. Um, it is about this little kid who is kind of being forced into power Hmm. and uh, it is oh my god it's intense it's such an intense movie and I want to say it's a foreign film I I, I don't know Hmm. about I don't know if it's German or not but um, no it's French (laughs) yeah so yeah it's uh, about an American boy living in France in 1919 Um, and in 1939 he officially becomes an actual leader 
and it's absolutely bananas Mm -hmm. and the even the poster is just like whoa holy shit but um initially like his little sigil or whatever instead of it being like the actual um swastika Mm -hmm. it's like a star Mm kind of like a star of david Mm -hmm. in a way but um robert pattinson's in it and it's such an interesting movie Mm -hmm. and it is really slow Mm -hmm. but if you can keep up with it like it's actually like whole shit like yeah yeah it's super intense and like all of the things that this kid's gone through and and things like that and which aren't bad things it it, like this is circumstance yeah exactly like he's come across some bad things but at the same time it's just like uh, nothing nothing as standard as being bullied kind Mm -hmm. of thing um and gosh it was it's such an intense movie, but I, I think um, I know this is something that Greg might even find interesting too. Mm. But because um, I know he he t- uh, tends to dabble into horror films every now and then. We've had discussions, but not. I've been trying to get him on this show, but uh, <laughs> I'll but yeah, 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 go nudge, nudge. <laughs> um, but it, it's such a fascinating. Uh, look on the life of someone mm-hmm. kind of thing especially at such a young age because we never we never truly think of that aspect where it's just like this person was a child at one point yeah like what happened like what happened to where like we we skipped all a through x and we just went straight to y and z <laughs> like, like, so what happened and it's it's such a fascinating look and it, I don't know like it's just it's so fucked up such a fucked up like experience mm. um uh so continuing a little bit more with like Mindhunter mm-hmm. and I guess uh, killers who are fascinating um what was it about the show that initially got you like hooked on there because uh I know there's so many different aspects um because in the beginning of the show it's actually a really slow show yeah. for a lot of people um but obviously both you and I being aficionados I guess <laughs> <laughs> um but it's 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 not the easiest show for most people to grasp so what 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 got you into it besides you having a fascination with um so killers in the psyche of them i think for me it's um i think because it's so fincher and i mean that in the way that the shots are very cold and they're all objective most of the time they're objective shots and they're just sort of putting you as a fly on the wall um everything's so deliberate in that show which i really enjoy there isn't a missed piece of dialogue everything that every character says has a purpose and sometimes that feels like mm-hmm. i think in season one the character who got the short shrift there was um the girlfriend yeah who absolutely felt she was very much there to you know plant certain ideas in holden's mm-hmm. head and you know say specific things like socio-political uh, things that he might not be considering but might be key to right. the case. And, you know, that's that was her role, right? But if you look at it, how you'd assess any other show, that's, you know, a character with nothing to do but exposition. Right. However, but the rest of it, it's like... It manages to tie so many cool things together in that it's like, it's a look at the psyche, it's a look at the FBI in the 60s, it's a look mm-hmm. at... Um, 
how women were treated in the 60s in season two. 100%. It's looking yeah. at how black people were treated in the 60s too mm-hmm. um, with the Atlanta case. And it's... A re- Which they never caught, right? They never caught that person. Right? That's still, yeah, they did that's reopen still last year. Um, I heard about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I guess oh, spent because of the show covering it. But it's... Probably. It was such a cool, like, time piece mm-hmm. i think as well and their attention to detail was great and i think obviously if you know your kind of true crime watching the episodes i remember the first time the btk was in it and i remember and i was like and the way that they trust their audience to not spell things out too much which i really yeah. I really appreciate like what was it in some Absolutely. of the the cold opens he would be burning letters or coming out of a library or he was working at ADT and they never spelled that out um and like if you look at it when the show finished it was who was that guy who was the yeah. man it's like it's BTK um, yeah absolutely Dennis, did you get it right away that yeah. it was him Dennis, Damn, Dennis, you're good. Dennis Rader <laughs> is because he's one of the the ones that he would stalk people and yeah, uh, and and the way he got caught, he was super right? into like asphyxiation, right? Yeah, and he would take pictures yeah. of himself dressed up and yeah, yeah. The way that I remembered, I remembered him is because he was one of the ones that yeah would stalk and plan and use his yeah. position and ADT for you know setting up what he was going to do to people and figuring out people's. T- um, schedules and whatever and i remember that yeah. that always stuck with me um did he also make his name yes he did okay. he I, I wrote remember, a letter and he was like right. these are the names that you can call me right because it was it, i remember it was bts for a little bit the mm-hmm. bind torture strangle yeah and he and it, uh, he wanted his own symbol right color, like right? the zodiac yeah yeah exactly he wanted his own thing and like like either the zodiac or the alphabet killer like my favorite thing Jesus. that he did is when he got caught and he he messaged the police and he was like, you can't yes. track you can't track me if I do this. And the police went, oh, no, no, we can't do that. Of course you can. And that's, yeah, how, we yeah. got, that's how we got caught. <laughs> using the li- was it a library computer, using a floppy disk. And that's right. Yeah, yeah. Mindhunter is great. Um, and oh, Mindhunter is so good. Yeah. <laughs> Do you watch anything else that's like, I guess, it, it's hard to find something that's similar because typically mm. it's not a vignette of serial killers. Mm-hmm. It, it's always they're focusing on one besides, I guess, CSI or uh, maybe Dexter even as well. Mm. Um, but like, is there anything else that you would find like has hooked you as intensely as Mindhunter did? Probably not as intensely as Mindhunter. Uh, there was a UK okay. TV show. Was it called The Interview or Confession or something? Okay. Um, and there was, I think, three episodes. That familiar. And David Tennant was in one of them. And oh. it was just the police interview. That was cool. Mm-hmm. There was three episodes of that. But that wasn't true crime. That was all fictional. Um, although, yeah. actually, it was oddly prescient because... There was one episode where a guy was driving a truck full of illegal immigrants and he abandoned the truck. And then I think a couple months later that happened in real life. Like they found an abandoned trailer full of people. Um, That show was good. I watched that last year. Um, I I think like Netflix and HBO do really good documentaries. Um, I agree. The Jinx was something that Jen and I... Jen and I and Greg and I watched last year, which was phenomenal. 
Um, don't fuck with cats. I think everyone watched that over the Christmas break. Yep, that, that was, was a rough weird one. one. And actually, weirdly, <laughs> um, Tiger King, which is it good? It's incredible. We watched it all over the weekend, and it has Shit. elements. I need to see it. It's got elements of true crime in it, and it's incredible the access they have. Um, oh my god. I don't know how these documentaries, like, how do they get the access to this shit? Like, well, the, this the trials one, of Gabriel Fernandez? Oh, oh my God. God. I started watching that, but, I mean, like, because of, because of what my mom used to do as a job, I've yeah, heard my fair share of, of, you know, awful child abuse, yeah. and I just, yeah, it was awful. Yeah, no, but the, that, 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 one's, that one's a bit rough, and that one, I, I think I got, like, episode three, and I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't think I could be able to finish this one. Um, I was in uh, the Child Protective Services um a few times not from my family mm-hmm. but um i was in foster care i was born into it mm-hmm. and uh initially uh when i would like go into group homes and things like that that's where like abuse and stuff would happen yeah. like that so cps would be called and all that stuff so I've, I've 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 seen it and i've dealt with it and i'm just like nope no i know those fuckers are shady so i'm good <laughs> don't need to kind of I'm be good. reminded of it and watch shows about it um no i'm fine what was the um the abducted in plain sight from last year was oh yeah a lot oh my god um twice right didn't it happen to her twice that poor girl yeah oh my god and her parents like her parents are stupid (laughs) jesus christ yeah seriously they Um, were they were really fucking dumb the uh the um john bonnet have you seen that one, Becoming John Bonet? So I haven't seen it, but that's always a question that me and my friends, it's kind of when you find out that someone is into true crime, that's the yeah. question we ask them is, who do you think killed John Bonet? <laughs> so who, that's the question I'm putting to you. Who do you think killed John oh, Bonet? Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, I know a lot of people think it's the brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't. Mm. To be 100% honest, I, I don't think it was the brother. Um, I think the brother did witness the person kill her, though. So you're but saying I it was truly, the dad? I truly, deeply think it was the dad. I Interesting. Think so. I think I think it was the brother, and I think the parents think the, brother, the huh? parents covered it up. Yeah. See, I think it was the opposite way. Oh. Like I, I think it was. I think it was the dad, and I think, like, with the cover up and things like that, and the horrible policing that. Yeah. Uh, they just let Colorado people. Had. Oh my god! What was it? They just let the dad, they let the Back family the walk around the house and look stuff like and, nothing. Yeah. They they didn't tape it off. They no. they didn't take evidence right away. It took them two weeks to get evidence. Oh my! Yeah, that was absolutely yeah. ridiculous. But I, I think the dad, with like his attraction to his daughter, um, at such a young age, very uncomfortable. Yeah. But like I I think all of that going into it. Like, I, I I don't know. Like, I just feel like something happened, and I feel like the brother saw. Oh, yeah. I, Got I involved I don't know. accidentally. Yeah. It's awful. I, I don't mean, like, a little yeah. girl died, and it's... Yeah. God. That, the brother was seven, right? Something like that? I think he, he was, was two, right? seven or nine around that ballpark. Yeah. yeah. He... The, he was still a he was still a kid, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's completely possible that he killed her on accident yeah. or on purpose. Um, completely possible. Well, they did whatever happened. They, they did a, a terrible job covering it up. One hundred percent. Like the the 100%. notes. The what was it? The ransom was the exact the amount that he the dad had received yes. in a bonus, and it was like okay. right. It was just like what? 
how how who yeah. are you like stop god you're fucking uh but even if you go into those movies that are complete vignettes mm. of a serial killer like uh the movies that are officially named like my friend Dahmer mm. or um what was a shock and shockingly evil oh, vile god, that was awful yeah. that that was that a one where movie. it was like it's weird because he did the Ted Bundy tapes too, but then he made exceedingly right. wicked, shockingly vile, and whatever. But yeah, that whatever was the, the that was the one where it was glorifying, and it. it was like, oh, we've got yeah. Zac Efron to play Ted Bundy. This is going right. to be cool, and it's like, oh, yeah, that was no, the one that was, made me it feel was disgusting. Icky. Yeah, and I, it, it definitely made me feel uncomfortable. And and a couple of my friends tried justifying it. They're like, well, it's supposed to be from the perspective of the girlfriend. I was like. Then have the girlfriend and more. Like, yeah. like, don't have her come to see him in jail a few times and that's it. Like, no, this wasn't from her perspective. That, that was bullshit. Um, but because I've, I've seen my fair share, like with Henry Lee Lucas, for example, mm. there is a movie called Henry. Oh, I and haven't sure seen Henry, seen but I yeah, know Henry's about Henry Lee Lucas because he is. <laughs> oh, a... yeah. <laughs> um, but this movie is based off of all of Henry Lee's Lucas, Henry Lee Lucas's um, confessed murders that were never proven. Right. So this, yeah. So all the six hundred fabricated murders, maybe. Um, so all of that is the depiction of how that possibly could have gone down. Mm-hmm. And um, Otis O'Toole was in there as well. Um, it's a it's a pretty intense movie. Mm-hmm. But then you get something that I saw recently called The Golden Glove, which is about the German serial killer um, Honda Tonka. Mm, oh, Have you no, heard of him? No. He is fucking bonkers, this guy. Um, so this guy, first and foremost, was initially like he, he had a, uh, a, a hunchback mm-hmm. um, issue, so he couldn't get women, I guess, to find him attractive. Mm-hmm. So that was his main thing that he felt like he couldn't do um but what he would do he would initially go to this bar called the golden glove Mm. in germany and um this was based in the 70s i want to say and he would take initially women that were sex workers and also women who didn't have that much money and he would just buy them drinks over and over and over and over and over again and not to the point to where they get drunk but just to show them that like hey i have money Mm -hmm. come with me i'll take care of you and for one woman he initially did just that Mm -hmm. like he took her in she would clean his house and things like that but initially he would uh keep his keep the bodies inside of his home which was an apartment building and the way he got caught was and this is complete spoiler for anybody who's going to watch the Golden Glove. If you do want to watch it, it's on Shutter. Um, but by all means, use code SHUTIN if you want to use that during the uh, the epidemic that's going on right now. But uh, with all of that, he got caught because of these people. His neighbors downstairs were cooking and they left the stove on, and the apartment building got caught on fire, and they wow. found all the bodies in his apartment. I was gonna. I was gonna say, was it because of the smell? Like that was, didn't that one of the things that yep. tipped off Dharma 
was the yeah, smell that of was, the body. That was but... one of the things where a lot of people would be like, well, what is that smell? Every person that came into his apartment, they would always say that, what is that smell? What is that Ugh. putrid smell? And he would always blame it on the people downstairs because they weren't German. Oh. They're Greek. Therefore, he was just like, they're cooking shawarma and this, this, and that. And I'm just like, shawarma feels, smells fucking delicious. Yeah, it smells great. First so. of all. <laughs> like, so fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... But that's what he would initially blame it on. Mm -hmm. And, like, the family downstairs, since he kept them, their the bodies inside this cupboard, they the maggots and things like that would literally fall downstairs through the lights and things like that. Oh. This movie is bananas. And, honestly, if you ever have an opportunity to watch it, I would say check it out because it's, it's not crazy bloody mm -hmm. or gory um but it is brutal i will gotcha. admit it is a very brutal movie um so i would say uh watch it with maybe friends <laughs> <I don't>, like, <laughs> it's your next know. crime night <laughs> yeah exactly like i'm sure jen will probably I was be gonna so say, that's, that's like, like, me and what jen. the fuck <laughs> just set greg up so, with division or something and jen and i watch it exactly yeah there you go um, but yeah, it, that movie is super duper intense. Um, but uh, initially, he is fascinated with this one girl that he keeps having, um, I guess, visions about because he helped her um, light a cigarette one day. Oh, God. But this girl is 16, mm. and she is just this high school kid who mm -hmm. is initially just trying to see how grown folks do things, I guess. Yeah, wrong place, wrong and time, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And he actually ends up seeing her again in the bar. Oh, and he follows her. Yeah. But that's when he notices that his apartment building's on fire. Good. And that's how he gets caught. Because he followed her to his own apartment. Oh, my and God. It, oh, my God. That movie is... A lot. Fucking <laughs> intense. And it is it is so, so much. But um, it's honestly, it's one of those things, like, if you are into serial killers mm -hmm. to uh, learn a little bit more seeing that like it, it's one of those things where it's like okay yeah you get to a point where you feel bad for them and then they do the act and you're just like nope dude you're a piece of shit no nope. yeah. and then you're then it goes back to like oh man like i kind of feel bad for these guys again and it's just nope can't no. forget you're a piece of shit like this yeah. is this is what you want me to think you want me to think you're a nice guy but you're a piece of shit like <laughs> it's it's so 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 intense um but when was I would the say, film yeah, made recently mm. uh 2019 oh wow yeah uh, 2019 it, it it um and it didn't circulate too too much in the states mm -hmm. um but it, it did a lot in europe gotcha um but it's it's here now on shutter if you want to check it out but yeah it's uh they're giving away like 30 day trials if you use the code shut in nice. um but it's absolutely fascinating <laughs> oh my gosh and i think i think you told him would be like holy shit prince yeah. was on or something this movie i'm, in, I'm into it. i'm making a note <laughs> good good uh last last little bit that i do have um for you here uh, a couple more questions um what serial killer movies actually have you uh i guess drawn yourself to or have you seen that you were just like okay, this was an interesting depiction. Um, and I know we talked a little bit about, like, uh, the documentaries. Like, mm. um, what's the one with uh, Gypsy Rose? Oh. That was pretty interesting. Mother Dearest? Oh, Mummy like Dead that? and Dearest, yeah. Yeah, there God, you go. That yeah, Gypsy that was, Rose. 
Oh my gosh, that was intense. Um, but yeah, poor, poor Didi. But um, I mean, th- it's that's, a, uh, yeah, that's it's such a wild yeah. story because yeah. like poor both of them because like Didi kind of abused her too. Like oh it, totally, like putting her through yeah. hundreds of unnecessary medical procedures and yeah. like telling her. I mean, imagine as a kid being told that you have leukemia and you are oh my God. you have this. Uh, disease or this disability and it's like as a kid like growing up you must think that you're just constantly on the verge of dying when you're like that's a different kind of mental torture like being constantly confronted with your own mortality like that as a kid and then Um, but in terms of other movies like Zodiac so Mm -hmm. I watched I watched Zodiac years ago loved it and then I watched it when I moved to San Francisco oh no and it has a whole other a whole different take. feeling um oh, yeah. yeah and i was out with a friend of mine and we walked past you know the san francisco chronicle and you go by the port mm-hmm. ferry building and you see all this stuff and then you're like oh this is you know someone got murdered around here or over there and it's oh yeah very oh, weird to be in san francisco because yeah. where i'm from in, in england it's you know i don't think we had any real big criminal i don't think we had any what, like what part, of, what part of england if you don't mind me asking i'm from newcastle i think oh, oh wait newcastle. yeah was peter sutcliffe from sunderland yeah. oh he was from sunderland he but he, from sunderland, he yeah. yeah i kind of grew up near sunderland but he didn't really i don't yeah. know that was the 70s and it you know wasn't as big a deal as you know like the american serial killers like yeah um, yeah, I think I think one of the biggest stories that you guys have is would be Jack, right? Mm. The one who started it all. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Fred yeah. Fred and Rose are the ones that I find just incredibly interesting. Yeah. Because and there's still a lot of people who don't know about them. Yeah, like, and that's, um that's the the, the the twisted part, which is why I say like Jack might be like like the mm-hmm. most popular. Cuz who's guess. the other one? Uh was it Nelson Nielsen? Oh, that sounds familiar. He was caught and he had a pretty big body count. Um yeah. He was in London, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I mean Zodiac has a different edge. In terms of movies. It's mm, a hard question. I don't know. Yeah, I would say Zodiac, <laughs> That's honestly. A hard question. Yeah. Which is completely fine. Mm. Because I mean, I I've I just found out recently that there's a movie about Richard Ramirez. Oh God! Um, yeah. yeah oh. He, to me, like f- for some reason, I don't know why I find him the most uncomfortable. He yeah, he was another sort of Bundy esque where you had those women kind of going, yeah. oh, he's so good looking, he couldn't have possibly done it. It's like, have you seen him? He looks yeah, like a no. vampire. Yeah, he, he does. To be 100%. One hundred percent. Like he he was terrifying mm-hmm. he was really really scary and even my wife's um mom like growing up like that was like one of the main things in la mm-hmm. where it's just like keep the windows closed make mm-hmm. sure the windows are closed make sure the the chimneys are shut <laughs> like Ooh. all that shit because he would he would just crawl through everything <sighs> like, anything and he hoped you had a dog Ugh. like that was the thing where it's just like fuck like he hoped you had a dog so he can kill it like it Ugh. was just oh Oh my gosh, it, it's 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 he was so intense, but mm-hmm. I want to see something created by um the Cecil Hotel. Have you heard of that place? No. Cecil Hotel is uh, a hotel that used to be in Los Angeles. 
Oh, and... wait, 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 wait. Is this um, Elisa Lam? Yes. Yes. Elisa Lam. Yes. Um, but th- this hotel is fucking bonkers. Yeah. And there's a song by a band called Hell the Sun. And um, the song is called Disappearing Syndrome. And initially, it's about Elisa Lam, mm-hmm. but it also adds little trinkets of what else happened inside that hotel. Oh, no. And, uh, like, I'm not too sure if you're familiar with uh, uh, with the person who lived in that hotel for years. Mm-mm. We just talked about him. Richard Ramirez oh, lived in the Cecil Hotel. Oh, my God. <laughs> he lived in the on the 10th floor in the Cecil Ooh, Hotel you'd for at least three years. You? Jesus. Mm-hmm. I... And, one of one of the last places that uh, the woman who who died of the Black Dahlia murder, mm. she was seen in the bar downstairs in the Cecil Hotel. Oh God! Because yeah. I've I've stayed at the Millennium Biltmore. Place has a lot of history. Yeah, the Millennium Biltmore. Oh yeah, that's another place that the Black Dahlia was seen. Um, yeah, and that, she has her picture up in that one. She does. Um, it's yeah. also I was there. You were there. The, I did not expect you to say that. <laughs> the, I've stayed at the Millennium Biltmore a few times. Um, Shut up! No yeah. way. And they—it's oh allegedly haunted. Um, there's apparently like yeah. a nurse, uh, Marilyn Monroe. Um, but downstairs, I was there. Last time was December 2018. Oh my god! And they have a new sort of exhibit in. Um, in a big corridor next to where the elevators are and it's all basically mm-hmm. old shots and it looks like the shot from the end of the shining <laughs> it's like all these people does. in like a black tie and basically you know you're one step away from doing the jack nicholson um you know yeah. arms outstretched thing um <laughs> that place is because there, there's so many films and tv shows that have been shot there uh, every room has That's true, yeah. has a picture or a still from one of the shows or movies um mm. I think last time I was That's there, I had cool. National Treasure. Yes. Yeah, that yep. was shot there. Um, yeah, that was shot there. But yeah, it's a very creepy place. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine. Like, yeah. that that place is bananas. And it, it another one that would be, obviously, the Stanley Hotel as well, right? My um, colleague in, uh, just Colorado. stayed there uh, two weeks ago. For his anniversary, oh. he and his girlfriend went and stayed there. And wow. another friend of mine went last year. And, they, like, yeah, Kurt was taking pictures. And it's just it, the, the shining. Like, it's incredible. Yeah, 100%. I know, so uh, envious. <laughs> I know Mike Flanagan sent uh, a lot of people in the press out to yeah. the Stanley Hotel to see Dr. Sleep. Yeah, I and think I one of our guys so went. Hotel is, yeah. I believe it. I so believe it. And I'm just like, every single time I see people from the industry, I'm just like, that is so cool. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, <laughs> like you guys get to do such cool <laughs> shit. That's one of the places I want to, when all of this hopefully blows over, I absolutely want to go to the Stanley. Because I went to oh, 100%. the, I went to the Kubrick, Kubrick exhibit in the UK last oh, That must have been so summer. cool. It was amazing. And I went with my friend, Daniel Cooper, who's a big big horror movie guy like his mom knitted him danny's um apollo jumper from the shining so yeah he has one of those he has the overlook carpet in his house um the whole thing that's rad so we went around and yeah seeing you know the the hedge maze seeing the like the stacks of pages of um uh 
that he used in the typewriter or work in no play mm-hmm. in different languages too because they had them in all different languages that makes sense seeing the yeah. costumes no, that makes total sense. Oh, it was so cool oh, yeah. that is amazing stanley kubrick man yeah. what a, a twisted twisted director yeah. he was fascinating oh man uh so uh, uh, i actually find all of what you're talking about phenomenal like <laughs> first and foremost <laughs> like I'm right there with you. I definitely want to go to the Stanley Hotel one yeah. of these days for sure. And I know my wife is down for sure. So uh, that that definitely has to be a thing that's on my bucket list. But um, have you seen like Dr. Sleep? And in, because in, I know you've seen The Shining, but no, on Dr. Sleep. I haven't seen Dr. Sleep because I didn't particularly enjoy the book of Dr. Sleep. Oh, which is completely fair. I actually hated the book of Dr. Sleep. Yeah. When I read and it. I love the movie. And Okay, good. Yeah, I've heard that it makes some smart changes and it kind of leans into the nostalgia of the movie, which is good. I remember yes. I remember when I was reading it and I was like, this is Twilight-esque, man. It's very melodramatic. It's that is melodramatic. Very true. It's yeah. angsty vampire stuff. And I was like, this is not... You, I wish you just it, left it alone. But Mike Flanagan, though, he did such a great job with Hill House, and you know, oh yeah. I would Absolutely. I would trust him with The Shining. So I do I do want to see it, and you know, I've got plenty of time now. <laughs> you do, you do. If I could make a suggestion, I would highly suggest watching the director's cut, not mm-hmm. the theatrical. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, the theatrical is great, but the director's cut just makes it make more so much more sense, mm-hmm. um, and it just kind of ties it up perfectly yeah um and i actually showed my sister-in-law last night uh dr sleep and we started at like seven it's three hours long Mm -hmm. so prepare (laughs) but we started around like seven and finished it around like 10 ish Mm -hmm. um and uh she at the end of it she was like what time is it i was like oh it's like 10 something and she was like holy shit that movie felt like it was like an hour and a half yeah because that movie just picks up that fast like it's just it's it's story beat after story beat after story beat Mm. and it is so 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 good and when it gets to the stuff about like the shining yeah oh my god (laughs) honestly i was surprised um when i saw ready player one they changed to they changed one of the eggs the easter eggs to be the shining big homage i found that super surprising because it was like surprising it's a kid's movie (laughs) yeah super surprising but But they even had a freddy krueger in there oh yeah for sure definitely did like just the way that Um, the music evokes that feeling of being really creeped out i thought they did a really good job seriously that's spielberg in it so the the true <laughs> but you you have the horns and things like that and the shining mm-hmm. the bum, 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 bum. and they initially have that for dr sleep but Ooh. they added heartbeats to it oh creepy yeah yeah and it's like it sends shivers down my spine and um i was talking to uh kevin um over at kind of funny mm. and when i was talking to him i was just like I remember the first time when I got to see it because I saw it with with uh, press, um, and I asked him. I was like, "Dude, did you see the uh, Doctor Sleep?" And he was like, "No, I haven't seen it yet." And I was like, "Okay, check it out. Can't wait for you to see it." And I saw it three times in theaters, and then <laughs> uh, I immediately pre-ordered it. Mm-hmm. I have it on Blu-ray, and I have yet to even open the Blu-ray. Wow! But I also uh, got the VOD version because that's how I prefer to watch mm-hmm. them, and. That movie, like, I, I think the last night was probably my 10th time watching Whoa. it, maybe. 
I love that movie a lot, and it there I have so many facts about it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's that movie is just so 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 good. It's it's like my one of my grails, and wow. it's a movie that a lot of people honestly didn't like, which is why I kind of like it more. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like. That you're just you, you just don't understand like you don't yeah, understand I mean, That's people all. didn't like the shining when it first came out true yeah, including stephen king no, yeah. <laughs> yep he did not enjoy the shining at all all right last question that i do have for you and then i'm gonna let you go on your merry way but um usually how we end off our guest shows we all we ask the question why horror but mm-hmm. i'm gonna switch it up a little bit why serial killers and why true crime i mean i think it's two sides of the same coin it's it's like you spend your whole life searching for stability and safety i think like evolutionarily speaking that's what humans want so you can be in a position to you know safely raise children and pass on your genetic material so you're you're constantly searching for safety yeah 100 percent. and i think the why people are drawn to true crime and why people are drawn to horror is that it's it's exploring things that are unsafe within a safe environment Mm -hmm. i think when it comes to horror movies you're like it's just a movie it's not actually going to happen when it comes to true crime because most of the big heavy hitters so to speak were active in the 60s 70s 80s 90s it's like oh that wouldn't happen to me because of this this wouldn't happen anymore and so yeah it's exploring Things that are unsafe without putting yourself at risk, I think. Yeah, um, that makes sense. But also, the reason that I like it is because it's so different. And it's so... <laughs> like, you're just struggling to understand how what could lead someone to that. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest draw of it. It's like unraveling a mystery, but you really don't Absolutely. know where to start. And it's yeah. And it's, you know a multitude of different factors that can shape a person and shape how their life goes. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's yeah, it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. How often do you find yourself on the Citizen app? Uh, quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> quite often. There yeah, we go. Quite often. <laughs> quite often that's that's it's it's twitter citizen twitter citizen <laughs> that, yeah. that's initially how i am <laughs> although i'm i'm now officially addicted to the neighbors app from ring oh like the app. like the next door yeah uh, or i think it's just called neighbors because i didn't want i didn't want to log into next door because you have to put your address no I next don't door sucks you yeah. you you they know who you are and no next door is horrible but in the ring app there's a separate section called neighbors and initially, it's it's kind of like Citizen, mm-hmm. where you could see a map. Mm-hmm. It, everyone's anonymous. Everybody. Oh yeah. And um, it's bonkers. But I uh, put my car on there because my car recently, um, not, not crazy recently, but semi recently, was stolen. Oh, I'm sorry. But it was stolen in the most. Honestly, now that I think about it, it was actually really badass how it was stolen. But no one got into my car physically. They literally took an unmarked, uh, <laughs> it's so fucked up. <laughs> they literally took an unmarked, um, gosh, why am I blanking on the name? <laughs> it's, uh, tow truck. Duh. Oh my uh, God. 
an unmarked tow truck, took my car. No one got out of the car. Just and my car's in between two other cars. Just went in, it? got my car, towed it, and took it away. That's some GTA No one got out shit. of the car. That's seriously. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I, I was so shocked. <laughs> and I, like, I watched the tape back because because I have ring cameras, and mm. I was just like. Fuck! I got to hand it to him. That was pretty good. Yeah, like, pretty, pretty <laughs> like, God, like, no, they got me. That was pretty good. And I ended up finding it because they um, dropped it off in front of someone else's house. I'm like, and wow! Just like, like that person pretty much just called the cops or just like, yeah, like there's a car blocking my driveway. They dropped it into someone's driveway. That's yeah. such a bizarre crime. It really was, and they never opened the car or anything. And uh, the cops think that it was someone who uh, thought my car was a part of like maybe I didn't maybe I didn't pay it, and maybe it was a repo right. or whatever. And the only thing is, <laughs> the repos are you, every every cop in the city has the repo list. Therefore, your car should show up in that list. Wow. And none of them had my car on their list. That's so weird. And I was like, cool. So how do you explain that? And there's like, Ugh. yeah, so someone probably just stole it. And they yeah, just, like, <laughs> just decided to drop it off I couldn't get inside. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that was horrible. Oh. Um, luckily, I didn't have to pay for it to get it out of the tow, tr- tow yard. That's but good. that day did take like six hours just to get my car back. So that was horrible. Well, but, I mean, yeah, it was pretty rough. better than the alternative having to get a new car. 100%. Yeah. 100%. But on that note, <laughs> Lucy, thank you so much. You've been such a fantastic guest. Thank you. Um, if, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I work at GameSpot, so GameSpot.com, YouTube.com slash GameSpot. Um, but I'm on Twitter at Lucy James Games. And Sweet. a regular awesome. user of Citizen. <laughs> and, <not laughs> and a regular user of Citizen. <laughs> It's a, it was honestly a fantastic conversation. You've been a fantastic guest. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are always invited over to the Good Night Life household by all means, anytime. Um, if you are interested in getting into horror films too. Give me a list. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, but uh, this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. And alongside me, we had Lucy James over at GameSpot. Thank you once again. Our efforts to get this show out is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife, and that's night with a K. By pledging on Patreon, you will have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.